Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior. Jesus the Christ. Amen. You know, we truly never really appreciate being homegrown or even our own homes until we look in the rearview mirror and see it. Remember it and the experiences that made it a home. You know, college students coming home from college, at least for me, it was getting mom's meatloaf instead of that cafeteria food. And have you ever talked to a service person? who has come back maybe from a tour of duty of Afghanistan and can't believe how good a McDonald's or a piece of pizza tastes or some KFC. It's home. It brings back memories to us. Just the simple things. And I'm sure when you and your family members gather together, you recall some of those childhood memories as if they just occurred yesterday. Well, according to the Gospels, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was taken by his parents into Egypt. And then he came back and settled in Nazareth. And you know what happened to him when he attempted to give a message to his own hometown people who were celebrating the fact that here 
a hometown boy makes good. They had heard about everything that Jesus had done in Capernaum. And now he was going to come and speak to them. And when Jesus spoke to them the truth from his wisdom, they were ready to lynch him and threw him out of the temple. Wanted to throw him over the cliff. Obviously, Jesus didn't return very frequently, if ever, to Nazareth, his own hometown. He spoke in other areas, Capernaum, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to other regions in Galilee. He said, foxes have their holes but I don't have a home in which to lay my own head. Now think of that. But there was one place Jesus loved to go, and that was in Bethany. Bethany, where his closest friends were. His companions, they were his followers. But it's interesting to note that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were not part of the twelve, the official disciples, though they were followers of Jesus, but they were Jesus' friends. When Jesus wanted to speak to his heavenly Father, he went out into the wilderness. When he wanted to have the comfort, the solace, the friendship of his buddies, he went to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, was always open for him and for his disciples. And Jesus loved to go to Bethany, his favorite place on earth. There's a great little book written by Frank Viola, God's Favorite Place on Earth. It's not a heavy book to read, but it's a delightful book to read and gives you insight into this particular incident and why. Bethany played such an important role in Jesus' life. His favorite place on earth. Mary, Martha, Lazarus were his buddies. And he could go there knowing that he would be buoyed up. He would be supported for the turbulent waters that he was about to face. And so just a few days before he was going to enter Jerusalem, Bethany, which was only a scant two miles away, Jesus stops to be with his friends. 
there was the place where Jesus felt safe. He felt comfortable. He could be who he was. He felt loved there. A close connection with his friends. Well, Jesus, as he's headed toward Jerusalem, did not need followers. He needed friends who would support him, care for him, and give him encouragement. Where is your favorite place on earth? For 60-some years, I have gone to Lakeside, Ohio for the Chautauqua that the Lutheran Church would hold there. My grandfather would often be there. And now we look forward to the week coming up at the end of June when our daughter and her family will join us at Lakeside, Ohio. A favorite place where you can go and relax by the sea. I hope you have that kind of a Bethany place, physically, spiritually, and mentally, where you can retreat to. To recognize who you are, whose you are, and how God compliments you by choosing you as one of His. Well, in Bethany, you see. Jesus did a reclamation, reclaiming Lazarus' life. He had died unexpectedly, left a void within the community. And Mary and Martha had been distressed that Jesus wasn't there to comfort them. And Jesus comes, tardy in their mind, and he raises Lazarus from the dead. And the women say, you know, it was so bad, it stunk. It stunk. And he brings about the breath of fresh life, new life, by raising Lazarus from the dead. A remarkable story that immediately precedes our gospel this morning. The power, the grace of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the life. You see, Jesus was fully aware of what turbulent waters yet lie ahead of him. 
And so the women opened their home. Going to have a big celebration. And here Jesus comes. And he sits at table with the one who had been laid in the tomb, dead, now reclining at the table in this festive celebration of new life. And Jesus rejoices in that. Martha, of course, she's that consummate caregiver, prepares the food. And as I shared with the children, Mary does a different kind of service, washing Jesus' feet with an expensive alabaster filled with perfume. Now, it's really interesting here, the costly gift. And John tells us in his gospel that Judas takes umbrage with that. Why wasn't the money spent on the poor? Have you been around people like that who went to pretend or play with how pious they are and how self-righteous they are and can be very critical of everyone else and point the finger at them, failing to realize three fingers come back at them. And John exposes Judas's attitude by saying he was a treasurer. He held the money purse for the disciples, and he was stealing from it. He was embezzling from it. And because he couldn't get his hand on any of that large sum of money that was expended for that alabaster perfume, a denarii a day, 300 denarii, which would be a year's salary. Think of it. That's what that perfume cost. And because he couldn't get his hands on any of that money, he immediately goes on a fundraising campaign to the high priests. And for 30 shekels of silver, conspires with them for Jesus' death. St. Paul says, we have this treasure in clay jars to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, you have to understand that an alabaster of perfume in those days, you had to break it. And you had to use it. You couldn't reseal it. Now, I think that that says something to you and me in terms of we being, yeah, clay vessels. Or shall I really be honest and say we're cracked pots? And it's going to seep out of us. 
I love to remind our people that Jesus was born by another Mary who was pregnant, who had the baby Jesus in her womb. And she couldn't keep it there forever, could she? That baby was going to come at its appointed time. God chooses the likes of you and me, no matter how flawed we are. And he wants to use us for his purposes. And all you have to do is read of all the flawed characters in Scripture that God chose to use. And I'm thankful for that, or I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have the audacity to preach God's word. But knowing that I am forgiven by his grace, his love for me, and his assurance that he abides in me and with me as I abide in him. I'm writing a book that's in the publisher's hands right now. And it's about Martin Luther and a comparison. A comparison with Donald Trump. Now, as surprising as that may be, there are many similarities because Martin Luther was just as human as Donald Trump. Martin Luther may be able to even outdo Donald Trump with locker room talk. Martin Luther said some very nasty things about Jews. He wasn't the perfect individual, but God chose to use him. And the very first thesis that he wrote, the 95 thesis, was repent. Repentance. God wants our whole lives to turn around, turn toward him, not away from him. And Luther understood that very clearly. And so we have this gathering festival meal with Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus. And we add the dimension to family, food, friends, fragrance. The house was filled with the fragrance of Christ. It permeated everything. The sense of smell is so critical. We can smell things that we can't even see or read about or hear, but it awakens memories within our head like nothing else. 
And in the midst of all of that, the stench of death disappears with the sweet fragrance of new life. And they had evidence of that with Lazarus in their midst again. Well, our Lord is teaching us in this passage of Scripture that our heart, minds, and souls need to be focused and centered in Christ our Lord. That he is the sure foundation, and he is there through thick or thin. Brothers and sisters, if we didn't believe that, where would we be? In these broken times, with a country divided, with high prices at the pump, with a war in Ukraine, with corruption being evidenced in government. Where would we be without Christ and God's love for us shown in his only begotten Son? Well, Jesus chastises Judas He lifts up Mary for the second time. Remember the first time Mary has chosen the better part when she knelt at Jesus' teachings and Martha was busy scurrying around in the kitchen? Our Lord wants all of what we do, all of what we think, To be centered on him who chooses you and me to live within so that you and I are his heart, hands, and voice in the world today. What greater privilege do you and I have? That's the reason the church is called the body of Christ. You and me. We are Christ's physical presence in the world today. And the challenge I want to lay before you this morning is are other people able to sniff that out? Do they see that in you and me, in our workplace, in our neighborhood? Are we a Bethany Are we emitting the sweet aroma of Christ? See how they love one another? Look at those Christians. What makes them have the hope that they have? That's from Scripture, too. That people ask, what is the reason for their hope in the midst of all the brokenness that we live in 
today. And we have it right here. And Mary and Martha honored Jesus. And with Mary washing Jesus' feet, that's a precursor for Jesus playing the servant role of washing his disciples' feet the last time he celebrates the Passover with them. The sweet aroma of Christ, the sweet aroma of the bread and the wine that we are privileged to partake with the full assurance that Christ is in, with, and under those elements, just as he chooses to be within us. Let's be good, Bethany's, emitting that fragrance of our Lord Jesus Christ, who came that we really might have life, not existence, but life and life eternal. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.